I completely understood the importance of asking for for budget during the first qualification call. So I actually spoke yeah. with a big global MNC, mm-hmm. uh, billions of dollars of revenue. So you know, I was all excited, right? I mean, like, woo, it's got to be a good opportunity here. Mm-hmm. So after like forty five minutes of questions, presentations, the interest was good, right? The, the the buying signal was good. So I got everyone to on the camera. We were doing virtual selling. Uh, everyone was oh, leaning yeah. in. It was great. And they just refused to answer me on the question of budget, even when I asked. But by, by the way, I'm going to talk a little bit about how, how we should be asking on budget later on. But at mm-hmm. the 45th minute, they finally budged. And they said, hey, Song, uh, we, we left it to the end because we don't want you to drop off your seat. <gasps> drop off my seat. <laughs> Welcome to our latest episode of the Selling in Asia podcast. Juan Song here, sales trainer at Soko Sales Training, and today we have Trista McCliver. Trista is a program advisor at ANC NPO Solutions, which is another one of Tom Abbott's companies in Vancouver, Canada, serving not-for-profits across Canada. So we both report to Tom around our sales activities. In this episode, Trista and I discuss sales qualification techniques and how we use it to improve our sales process. We're discussing using the BANT methodology and mental blocks some people have around qualification and how to get past them. To learn more about qualifying, download our qualifying cheat sheet in the show notes of this episode at sellinginasiapodcast.com. And don't forget to join our sales accelerator pack inside Soko Academy to get certified in Soko Selling. Hi, Tom. How are you? I'm good. It is a nice sunny morning in Singapore. I'm all the way in Singapore. How is everything over there? Well, my day, <laughs> my day is ending. It's about 5.24 p.m. Uh, here in Vancouver. And yeah, we had a sunny day today, which was nice. And uh, looking forward to sharing my experience on this podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for, uh, you know, for taking the time. And uh, today on this episode, both me and you, right, we'll be sharing our own personal experiences around sales qualification, you know, what to do, what not to do, and some of our own personal experiences as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe I'll just start off with uh, talking a little bit about uh, me and how I was taught to sell first. <laughs> so for, for me, right, uh, I started uh, selling more than 10 years ago. So I was in the travel retail space uh, as well as the general retail space selling anything from uh, alcohol to uh, shoes. <laughs> and oh, That's quite a range. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> but my, my dad was in the uh, retail space as well. So I mm-hmm. thought, you know, why not I, I go and uh, start my sales career doing retail as well. So of course, I started doing uh, sales because everyone told me, you know, a song you know, uh, you seem to, to be able to talk so well, you know, and, uh, you know, you should be doing sales, right? So they all impressed on me that, you know, since I'm outgoing, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm so talkative that that should be the trait of a salesperson, you know, <laughs> do, do you agree with that? Yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, in fact, it's a, it's a, it's a very common, uh, well, misconception out there, right? That, you know, as long as you can pitch, as long as you are able to sell, you know, you should be, you should be doing sales. So I, I spent so many years, right, in, in those part-time jobs, full-time jobs thinking, you know, 
it's all dependent on how well I pitch, you know, every prospect uh, is an opportunity and every of those opportunities equal. Okay, so it's up to how good my sales skills were to close them. You know, it's a little bit of a Wolf of Wall Street kind of a mentality. Did, did you watch, watch Wolf of Wall Street? Yes, yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's um, on hindsight now that I've been t- taught by Tom, you know, on how to qualify better, which is, makes a world of a difference, right? Back then, qualification was an afterthought, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, what, what ended up uh, happened for me is when you don't qualify, right, you spend all the time by building rapport, you know, and, and, and not knowing how to proceed with the sale, right? Sometimes yeah. the conversation can go on for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and you, you don't even know whether or not this, this sale is going to happen. <laughs> That's our downfall of being able to talk too much because I have that as well. Yeah, I, I just you really want to build a rapport with with people and you end up on a really long conversation and then you have no clear direction of where anything is going with it. Exactly. Yeah. And um, yeah. on and on. And then, you know, us being, you know, trying to be nice and, you know, we're, we're conversationalists, right? The conversation goes nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> nowhere in a sales directive, but yeah. Oh, yeah, really. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Trista, why don't why don't you share? How how did you uh first start out selling as well? How was uh, it like before, you know, before you started using qualification uh tools? Yes, no, exactly. And I mean the qualification tools I think that I used were a little bit different um in that respect. So I started working for my dad's um appliance company, um Kyra's Appliance Sales and Service, uh back when nice. oh gosh, I was ten. Ten or oh, so. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, cleaning appliances, all that kind of thing to start um, and then selling parts and appliances as well. But our customers would come in to the store and then once they're in the store, then I would qualify them there. So what are you looking for? What's your price range? This is what we have. Um, and and that type of um that type of sales experience. So the sales experience that I do now as a program advisor with AMC NPO Solutions in Vancouver uh, is, a, is a lot different. Uh, and it's I've been with AMC almost a year now and I'm still learning. Like every day is a different experience and um when you're when you're chatting with with prospects and figuring out what they're what they need um there's a lot of a lot of things that um that I've learned from Tom personally and from the Soko Academy as well because I've done the course there so uh but it's always a learning experience I find so having to like prospect for for um prospects, <laughs> you know, that kind of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is, is a lot different than um, the sales that I'm used to sort of more in retail. So yeah, right. I think yeah. quite, quite similar to me, right? Where, where, where people just walk in, it's, it's kind of pre-quali- pre-qualified per se. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like, yeah. okay, so you're already here. Well, what can I sell you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're going to leave with something. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, uh, thing that you, you and I grew up in this in a very similar uh, environment, family business, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. My dad was uh, distributing to uh, shoes, actually footwear, to uh, the some of the dis- uh, retailers around Singapore. 
So so I, I was with him and we were we were we, we were out selling footwear. Uh, it's a little bit different in the sense that was more like kind of B two B because we're selling to shop houses, but it was more of f- fulfillment. So so like it, it was going in and replenishing on the footwear. Right, right. Yeah, so qualification w- w- was also an afterthought, a little bit of an after. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, yeah. It, it. It's all. It's very different. Like sales is not sales, you know. And and I think that's, um, you know, yes, you can be a really good speaker, like you and I are. We both, ho- ho- you know, host our own podcast through, um, AMC and and Soco. Uh, but it's also so important. Um to learn how, um, how to qualify. And I, and one thing that, uh, Tom actually, um, taught me about was, uh, an acronym called BANT and Mm, BANT, you know, it's so once, once we went over it and he, and, and he explained the different, um, criteria, it really, it really made sense. So, so BANT, so the first, the first, B, B word in band is budget. Yeah. So, yeah. So budget. So, you know, what we charge for our facilitations is a certain amount. Yeah. What is their budget? If their budget is, let's say, you know, 3000, that's not going to, that's not going to meet our criteria. So there right then and there, it's, you know, do we really want to put any effort into that and chase that? Because no, it's, it's just not, it's not, it's not going to meet the, the, the criteria of what, of what we need, um, to make, to make the, you know, conversation go any further. And then, uh, the A in BANT, the authority. So who, who needs to be involved in this? Who is the decision maker? Exactly. Are you exactly. talking to the right person? Are you talking to the administrative assistant or are you exactly. talking to the, to the executive director or CEO <laughs> yeah. that's going to make the decisions, you know? And that's something that I had to learn too. It's like, you can't just like get the, get that right person. If you're just not talking to, uh, you know, sorry, you're not, you're not going to get the right answer or the right, um, uh, follow through if you're not talking to the, to the right person. Right. Yeah, ex- yeah. exactly. So, I mean, uh, I have like just, just one story, uh, yeah. to share for in terms of budget, right? So BANT, B-A-N-T, right? B stands for budget. So <laughs> uh, I think just uh, recently, right? Um, I completely understood the importance of asking for for budget during the first qualification call. So I actually spoke yeah. with a big global MNC, mm-hmm. uh, billions of dollars of revenue. So, you know, I was all excited, right? I mean, like, ooh, it's got to be a good opportunity here. Mm-hmm. So after like 45 minutes of questions, presentations, the interest was good, right? The, the, the buying signal was good. So I got everyone to on the camera. We were doing virtual selling. Uh, everyone was oh, leaning yes. in. It was good. And they just refused to answer me on the question of budget, even when I asked. But by the way, I'm going to talk a little bit about how, how we should be asking on budget later on. But at mm-hmm. the 45th minute, they finally budged. And they said, hey, Song, uh, we, we left it to the end because we don't want you to drop off your seat. <gasps> drop off my seat? <laughs> like, it could go both ways, right? Is it like big like or small? Yay like, uh, <laughs> oh. or nay? <laughs> oh. 
And thank God I actually asked on a budget because for mm. global MNC, they only had Singapore drum roll $250 for a full day of training. <laughs> for, for one person or? <laughs> <laughs> for everyone, for a big team, right? So if I had not asked on the budget, right? And uh, just presume that they, 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 they had everything it takes to work with us, right? And then later on, when we don't close it because of the budgetary issue, is it the client's fault or is it my fault? I think it would have been my fault, right? I'll be wasting so much time. <laughs> right. But we don't think about that. I think we're really afraid to ask about budget because we think it's going to be like a buzzkill. But really, it's super important. It's super, super, super important to know what their budget is. And if they're, if we're not waste, I mean, wasting our time. Yeah, I guess you could say that. But maybe, you know, we're not putting the effort into something that's not going to go anywhere. Exactly. You are exactly right. It's, it, it's, it's about having the courage to, to ask mm-hmm. and, and knowing that if you ask it well, people will reply well as well. So what are so what are those kind of questions? So you were you said you were going to talk about it later, but why don't you just talk about it now? What are the what are the ways? Because I know I've listened to Tom on recordings because he sent and as you as well, right? Said yep. recordings of him uh, qualifying, um, and there was one instance uh, where we were chatting with with um, where he was chatting with someone and he was trying to get them to talk about their budget and they avoided 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 <laughs> but asking the question again but in a different way in a different way and i mean not not in a, not in a really pushy way but mm. just an inquisitive way you know yeah like, exactly is that way is that what you wanted to share like some ways to um ask about the budget yeah so of course um when you talk about asking for the budget i think the first thing to do is you you need to have a bit of courage to ask. So I actually spent a bit of time just practicing in the mirror. Do you have a ballpark budget? Is that, you know, so I made the mistakes before before the actual call, right? Because if, if you don't practice, right, you can sound robotic, right? You can sound like it's a, it's a is there a budget can I, that I can work with? What's your budget? How much do you have to spend for the, for, for the training? Which is, which is so, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get you the wrong response, right? Right, right. <laughs> So what, what I found to be useful, uh, thanks to uh, Tom's teaching as well, uh, nowadays, I just ask a simple question. Do you have a ballpark budget for this training? Mm, yeah. And, mm, and then, of course, uh, include it as part of a conversation. Uh, when they go, uh, yeah, we, we, we do have a budget, but uh, uh, it's not really, uh, I can't divulge it right now. Okay, you can hit them with a, another question. Okay, uh, uh, always try to make sure you... Uh, appreciate where they're coming from so when, when they're like okay yeah uh it's not it's not uh convenient for me to share right now just let them know totally understand uh, but is there a range that we can work with mm, yeah yeah that's mm. mm-hmm. right, that starts to chip away at the uh okay it gets them to think okay I, I i can't give the exact amount but okay i can give him a range to work with and, and another way to ask that same question could be uh what's your expectation of what the investment would be for this training yeah, I like that one. Bit. That one's very yeah. professional. Yeah. Because it yeah. is an investment, right? Like our, our trainings, our facilitations, they are investments to this company. And I think it's a really good way to um, phrase it that way. Exactly. So yeah. uh, as a salesperson, 
you have to take on the mindset that, look, this is an investment. It's training, right? Mm-hmm. For this amount of budget, you can get X amount of ROI. So with that mindset and having a little bit of courage and some practice, like asking questions like, you know, do you have a budget that we can work with? Is there a range that uh, you can start with? Mm-hmm. What's your expectation of the, what the investment would be like, right? So those questions, simple, straightforward, will give you the answer to the budget. How, how about you? You have anything to share on this? Yeah, well, I, um, you know, I do say, do you have a budget in mind for this training uh, yeah. or this workshop or this facilitation, whatever it would be? I actually, and then if they say, yes, we do, and I try and get their information, one organization <laughs> said they had... <laughs> about $14,000. And I was like, Oh, that's a healthy, that's a healthy budget. (laughs) You know, so that would, for us, that was well in range of our, of our, uh, our price. So that was, that was good to know. Um, Yeah, but I, but I let them know how much we charge. And, Mm. um, and we stand by that because we've been in the business a long time working with profits. And, um, yeah, we have amazing facilitators and are experts in the subject, you know? So if you come across that way too, you know, but, but the thing is, is some organizations, like I work for not-for-profits, so it's, they have a, a lot of uh, restricted budgetary demands, especially yeah. now with COVID and that, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, training is important for, for organizations and and businesses and there are places that have a good healthy one and some that aren't so you we just have to weed out who values it and who and who would like to take us on uh, to do that right so exactly but, right yeah but I mean the budget question for me was pretty hard in the beginning but now it's not so hard because I have to quickly decipher if this is worth me pursuing yep exactly it's about spending the right time with the right opportunity right now Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah right yeah it's so important. i just and have to get my phone calls just a little bit less but I'm working on it <laughs> agree right not very hard uh, but anyway the, the, so, the more we practice the better it gets yeah no i know exactly yeah i'm in yeah, my and- i'm in my 40s ish yeah and still learning so you know so yeah authority is something that i used to struggle with a lot Mm. I struggle with that a lot because remember my old mentality was on selling, right? Pitching, right? So yeah. oftentimes I find myself pitching to the wrong person. <laughs> right. Anyone who will listen. You can spend 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour with the personal assistant. Right. Or with no, the executive assistant. <laughs> yeah, or, or, or someone that just joined the organization. Marketing, marketing manager or oh who are the other people? Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And 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 that's well and dandy, right? Except that what is the response you're gonna get? Yeah, uh just send me the uh the materials and what we talked about and I'll get back to you on whether we need this. Oh my gosh, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. What a waste of time, right? Yeah. So, so after several rounds of pain of this, right? So um, I've implemented questions around asking for the right authority. So some good questions would be, mm-hmm. uh, who else needs to be involved in this project? So during the conversation, you know, uh, after they've let you know the training requirements, uh, just simply drop a quick question, you know, oh, mm-hmm. who should we involve in our next round of discussions? 
you know, how exactly would the decision be made? Right, so these are some questions that I ask, which people will then start telling me, oh yeah, uh, so my boss would be uh, talking uh, with me and uh, we will be actually making the decision. Ah, that's where you know, okay, where do you stand? Uh, who should you be talking to to move the project forward? <laughs> yeah. So that's how, yeah, that's how I have Yeah, and I know with Tom, Tom's um, said to me too, okay, so yeah. once you find out who the authority is, because for myself, it's the executive director. Sometimes the board of directors puts everything in their hands or it could mm. be the chair of a governance committee or that. Yeah. So then the next step is for us to get on a call, joint call with the chair and the executive director or CEO. Mm. Yeah. On, on, on our side, because we're selling to B2B companies. So different mm. companies have different decision makers. Sometimes it's HR, sometimes it's sales leaders, sometimes it's the CEO level. But uh, oh, so so you got oh okay that's interesting so there's many different variables so for me I know that it's probably most likely this person and this person but for you it sounds like there's many different options for decision makers exactly which is why mm-hmm. asking a, a, a questions around who is the right person that we should be speaking to is so important because it helps me map out ah okay there is like four people here and then before the meeting I can plan out okay. Uh, who's the who's the lead? What, what are their roles? What are their roles and responsibilities? And then, so so during the call, we can engage the right person on the right topic. Yeah, yeah so, so yeah. that's so important yeah. because it, it's about speaking the right language, right, to the right person. You speak their language, they feel like this person knows what he or she is talking about. Uh, maybe I I think I'll go with them. That that helps us to close the deal so much easier. Yeah, the rapport is very important. I I agree on that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So. <laughs> talking about authority, right? You know, talking about you know selling to people, right? I- initially, how I was taught to sell to to that everyone is an is an audience, so that means everyone should have a need for your product, right? So let's talk about the next uh acronym, the N in band, which is need, right? Trista, yeah. do you have yeah. any any stories you want to share about asking needs questions? Yeah. So some of the questions are that I would ask would be say, is this a nice to have or a need to have? Mm. This is a really big one because a lot of executive directors or CEOs would love and Mm. it would be nice to have a governance training. Mm. But if everybody else isn't on board with the board, (laughs) then (laughs) it's a, it's a nice to have, not a need to have. So that's another qualifying, you know, piece of information that you need because you could be chasing someone that would like to have this, but you know, it's not going to happen basically. And then also like for myself and what I've noticed across Canada here with not-for-profits. So also a trigger event could happen and, and make a need for something. So a lot of not-for-profits across Canada needed to change their bylaws. Mm, okay, okay. Because they, they didn't have it in their bylaws that they could do an annual general meeting virtually and have a virtual vote. So there was a lot of need for looking at the bylaws, which tend to be um, kind of put aside. <laughs> Those uh, are one of the things that okay, okay. gets put aside. And and the, the main thing, you know, that, that, that they work on mostly, you know, is supporting the the clientele that they have or the associate okay. members. Um, okay. So yeah, so we have done a few bylaw reviews um, because of that. 
Mm. Um, so yeah, so that's a trigger event of, of a need, right? That they need to have that done so they can uh, continue um, running the organization. Well, so of course, I think one thing that, uh, this is something that I didn't used to do as well. So asking whether or not there's a need for it. So what mm. I what I used to be taught is that, uh, well, basically speak until they tell you whether they need it. <laughs> You know, the better the rapport, you know, then the, the more they'll tell you and then they'll tell you reasons whether they need it or not, you know. So kind of, it's supposed to happen organically. <laughs> but it doesn't always. <laughs> yeah, of course. And, you know, not everyone is comfortable telling you. <laughs> so the issue yeah. was in my interpretation of what uh, should be done and what shouldn't. And after, you know, some guidance from Tom, right, and just watching how he asks questions around. So one, one, one good question that I have found to be quite useful is, you know, what triggered the decision to reach out? So of course, for sales training right now, of course, uh, it's even more important in this part of the world right now where most people are working from home. Yes. So, so companies are looking for, okay, how can I upskill my team since they can't readily work as usual? So the, the need, is apparent, but we still need to ask because different organization has different triggers. So sometimes uh, some organization, they they may want to use this time to upskill the sales team. Mm-hmm. Some maybe, you know, they do it annually anyway. So it's, it's a part of the decision. So the, the point is, if you don't ask, right? And, and this is why it's so important to ask. If you don't ask, you may end up hard selling because you don't know where... What you're, what you're actually trying to sell, you see, and where the direction should be heading. Is it towards uh, improvements in the sales training team? Is it towards coaching? Are, are they looking for specifically uh, closing skills, negotiation skills, prospecting skills? You don't know where you're firing. So w- w- when you ask that question, you sell in the right direction so you don't make a wrong impression. So powerful, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And it, it, I think it also, I mean, it, you know, it, the good questions makes us look like an expert. That's what Tom said. And I highlighted that in my little note thing here. Yeah. Just that, yeah, we are, we are the expert and it's, it's better to get to the nitty gritty of things and find out the information that you need quickly. Um, because you and I just, we have the same upbringing of just, Chat, 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 da, 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 da. You've come into our <laughs> store. Yeah. yeah. You need, you need some shoes. You need some alcohol, whatever you got, whatever you were selling. And, you know, and, and that's that. It's just, but this, th- this is higher level selling, right? This is, you know, the next, th- this is grown up selling. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't feel like I'm a hundred percent grown up yet, even though I'm a mom and whatever else, but you know, but it's always like, that's what I find so interesting about sales is it's, you learn so much about yourself and I love the mm. fact that you practice. Yes. Practice in the mirror. Like I'm going to do that tomorrow. I'm going to, I have a call. I have a call that I have to make tomorrow. So I'm going to practice the questions, the bant questions in the mirror. And yeah, I want to try that on. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, that it's so important. So at the start when I was learning from Tom, I was spending well, before every call I spent at least five minutes or ten minutes, right? Just practicing, rehearsing, so that you don't sound robotic. 
right. so that you don't sound robotic. Because uh, at the start, yeah. it's so easy to to not listen to what your prospect is saying, right? Mm-hmm. And you're just fixated mm-hmm. on the band, right? Uh, so uh, is there a budget they work with? And then before the person can uh, process the thing, and then you're like, oh yeah, so uh, how, how are you involved in this? Uh? How, how are you involved in this? <laughs> right, yeah, and no, then, you can't ask. <laughs> yeah, you got to ask them in a certain, uh, <laughs> a certain criteria. <laughs> I probably wouldn't ask the budget question first. I think that's yeah. what get at right yeah <laughs> but, but yeah but like yeah you know so you know I think yeah <laughs> you just re- <laughs> rearrange how it's going to be <laughs> but, but ask also but those are the main those are the main things that you want to know right yeah and you want to know the budget you want to know the authority who is the decision maker you want to know yeah. the need is it is it a nice thing to have or is it a, like we need it and then there's the timing. Yeah, of course. So I think timeline is important because uh, the importance here is so we know when exactly they would buy from us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because okay, may- maybe the opportunity has a budget, we're speaking to the right person and there's a need. But if they're not ready to buy, you're still going to hit a wall, right? You're going to exactly. hit a wall. Yeah. yeah, and the worst thing that can happen is you start chasing, right, which is something that I used to do. You start chasing, hey, any updates? Uh, when's a good time to talk, right? And slowly yeah. but surely from a warm lead, it becomes a cold lead. And if you're not careful, you you you, you are seen as a, like a pesky, pesky salesperson, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, so, yeah. And, and the, you know, the firing off of questions. Yeah, week on week, like, yeah. Interrogating instead yes. of like, you know, and active listening. Being an active listener, actually, it's better to ask them questions and let them speak for as long as they need to speak and write down what they're, you know, what they're saying. And you can actually pull out some of that bant stuff, right? But anyway. Yeah, exactly. Interrupting you. No problem. (laughs) (laughs) So particular to timeline. So the question that I I make is, uh, the the question that I ask that really helps, helps to clarify is, oh, when will they decide to go ahead with the with the with the event? Or it could be how will the decision be made? Right, so it's asking open-ended questions, right? Not not too uh, intrusive, but a little bit open, and and then let them do the talking, right? A meeting went well when you know the prospect is the one doing the talking. Am I right, Trista? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. If you're not, if you're, <laughs> it's really it's it's really hard when you're talking with someone. And they give you maybe 10 seconds of, of an answer. Oh, gosh. You know, and it's like you're pulling, trying to pull the information from them. And uh, that, that's one of the challenging ones. I had, I had that. Um, and it's, you know, how do you, how do you, as a salesperson, how do you try and stay positive with that? Mm. So I, I make sure that when I'm talking, as I am right now, I have a smile on my face. Mm. So that at least I sound like I'm happy through a challenging conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I want to now that we have on Zoom so people can see you, right? So you got to really be on the ball. So with, with timing too, like, you know, um, uh, when... I find a really good question is when will um, when will they decide? Uh, 
So when will be the decision time? So say mm. say they want to have a facilitation, say in November. So mm. when is the time that they will be making their decision? Mm. So that I can make sure that I follow up at the, you know, at the right time and that type of thing. And then also find out what the date is. Uh, to make sure that we have our facilitator available. Um, and because of our, um, we're doing, I mean, as, as yourself, you're probably not doing any in-person at this point, uh, but the virtual, the virtual is really good um, to yeah. figure out, uh, you know, what, what date they need, if it's yep. during the week, if it's on the weekend, yep. um, for for being able to communicate with our facilitators around that. So um, I don't know. Have you been doing any in-person facilitations yet, Song? Well, I would love to, but uh, no, uh, sadly, no. no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I know, right? It's Yeah, but yeah, at least we've been able to done some facilitations uh, through Zoom. And actually, funny enough, we've been using Zoom <laughs> for longer than most people <laughs> across the world. Yeah, and, right. Uh, you know, it's SoCo and AMC because uh, we do a lot of um, uh, trainings through that. So say, for example, we have a... Uh, we say we work with an association that has um, uh, board members all across Canada because they re represent every single province. So you have a representation from every province. Now, right now, what they would do in, in the past would be have a board retreat and then they'd all get together. Mm -hmm. So in their bylaws, it says they have a few in-person meetings and then all the rest are virtual. So mm. that you can do with, with this technology, which is great. It's definitely um, helped uh, a lot of companies, I'm sure. Um, so, and that's, that's the thing, you know, we, uh, another thing to, to ask, you know, about it, do you want this in person or zoom? I mean, from, from right, right now in this particular situation, it's all, on zoom <laughs> but, yeah, exactly you know, right. but, but in the future that might be something that might be an option right yeah 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 so i think uh wow we've we've shared so much on on uh timeline as well so i mean it's it's important so that we know that we are you know whether we should be speaking with them right now or at a certain point in time where the timing to buy is right so we spend the right time on the right people and we make the right impression. Wow. I mean, I think we've, we've, we've gone through a lot. We've talked about budget, authority, need, and timeline, right? So BANT, B-A-N-T. So I think all in all, uh, before I was taught this set of uh, qualification uh, techniques, right? BANT, mm -hmm. I, I was letting things come organically, but, but usually we, I spend too much time getting too little information with too little results. But after using BANT, right, simply from the first conversation or call, I can find out whether or not I should be spending time with this person and when I should be spending time with this person. And it helps to make an even better overall impression, right? Because you come across professional uh -huh. if you practice enough of it. And you sound like an expert when you ask the right questions, right? Chester, how do you want to sum up BANT for, for audiences here? Uh, 
Yeah, I I totally agree with you there. Uh, I I did spend a bit too much time just chatting with people about their organization opposed to um, seeing what it is that they needed uh, and then asking the right questions really get it really made sense to me after I learned about um, this particular way of 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 asking the question yep, yep. Um, I was able definitely able to realize you know figure out more quickly what was worth um, qualifying yep and what was worth not to spend any more time on yeah exactly and um, I think yeah. um, what, what I the, the key thing not to do is, you know, remember th- these questions must be a part of the of uh, an overall conversation, right? You're having a conversation. It's, it's, it's not an interrogation, right? You don't hold up a list and then you start blasting questions. You know? song, what's your right. budget? Yeah. <laughs> who, needs to, who needs to be involved in making this decision? What? Well, you why, mean, why do I'm you not involved? In? Do you need the hammers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not like that. Exactly. If you want oh, to make okay, enemies. Okay. <laughs> Not like that, everyone. Not like that. <laughs> it has to be a part of the conversation. Well, at least in, in our own opinion, right? Right. Of course, we've done the robotic way of asking questions. No, I haven't. No way. Oh, I, 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 I started a, definitely a bit more robotic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, in the introduction? Oh, no, no, you're awesome. Amazing. <laughs> I wish I could be like that. Oh, wow. <laughs> Something to look up to. <laughs> but I mean, but the thing is, is it's, I think you're right. It's more than just asking the questions. It's a lot of things. There's so much that you need to do on a call with someone. Yep. You have to truly believe uh, also, um, mm you have to be positive mm. and you yeah. have to ha- have lots of energy and yeah. you have to ask the right questions, mm. um, build the rapport. That's, that's quite important. Cause I've had a, I've had a time where I've been on a conversation and um, it was really kind of, you know, Oh, hi. Uh, and by the end of it, we were laughing, you know, like, mm. so you know, yes, exactly. You have to have the confidence. Yep the confidence to be able yep. to stick through it and yep. get your, get your questions answered and also leave them feeling like that was a good conversation. Yep. That's how you stand apart from everyone yeah. else as well. Right. Yeah. So thank you so much everyone for tuning in uh, with Trista and me, Huan Song. Uh, we hoped you enjoyed the session and that you have learned why it's important to use qualification criteria and how to use these techniques such as BANT, right? Using it well, practicing well, right? Helps to take your sales process to the next level. So take care and stay tuned in the next episode of Selling in Asia.